It is done. It is over. There are no more MLS teams left in CONCACAF Champions League play. This is the SBI show. I am Garrett Cleverly. In dirty jersey is Ivis Galarsep. What's up, man? How's it going, Garrett? It's going well, man. I'm uh, I'm having a good week. How's your week going so far? It's going pretty well. Can't complain. You know, we uh, we've had, it seems like there's there's always some soccer going on. You got the weekend, obviously, mm-hmm. but then during the week, there's Champions League of multiple varieties. Oh, it's so great. It seems like every single day there's some soccer. I, you know, there's soccer going on tomorrow morning. I don't want to scare you, Ivis, but I might be playing soccer with a member with a coach of uh, the U.S. men's national team, one of the one of the coaches of the team, and he told me that if I score a hat-trick, he might call me up for that Belgium-Germany friendly. <laughs> I think at this point you need to worry about not getting injured. <laughs> In today's show, we're going to have Aleko Iskandarian join us. We're going to talk to him about a few other things. We're also going to preview uh, the weekend's MLS action. But before we get into all that, Ivis, as we said, there are no more MLS teams left in CONCACAF. Champions League play. Seattle tried to have a comeback. Looked good. They couldn't close it out. LA Galaxy got defeated last night. And, uh, I mean, you predicted this a couple weeks ago. You said that MLS is there, but just not there yet. Right. I mean, coming in, if the MLS teams of Seattle and L.A. were going to have any chance, they were going to have to really be on form. And at the end of the day, neither of the teams were. And, uh, you know, it's a credit to those teams, uh, those Mexican teams, Monterey and Santos mm-hmm. Laguna. We're talking about two very good teams that will now meet in the CONCACAF final for the second year in a row. And, and you know, you can already hear the MLS fans and, and the American soccer folks, uh, you know, starting to do the hand-wringing about why MLS can't break, break through. Well, I mean, can it just be that the Mexican teams were just they're just a little better? I mean, I don't think the gap is that big anymore, Iris, but I think that on just that given night, the Mexican teams are better. And it's not like the Mexican teams went out and beat us. Not, not us, I mean, like, like, like you and I are on the team. Uh, it's not like they went out and, and defeated the Sounders at Galaxy 5-0, 6-0. I mean, the games were close. But each team had a chance. They just couldn't finish it. And, and I think that everyone just needs to, you know, maybe take a deep breath and just say, hey, you know, the gap's closing. Teams are getting better. And, you know, maybe in a couple years from now, we'll start dominating. But until then, you have to do the steps, you know? Right. I think people are just being way too impatient uh, and ignoring the fact that MLS teams really are making progress. I mean, it, it's clear if you look at the results just going over the last five years, it's been a steady, steady uh, upward arc uh, as far as success in the league, in the Champions League for MLS teams. And, you know, when it comes down to these two these two series, these two, these two semifinal series, I know you've heard it over and over and over and over, the salary cap, the salary cap. Mm-hmm. That's why these teams lost. And I'm here to tell you that is not why these teams lost. And, and, and I'll tell you what, for years now, that's clearly been an issue. And it's a reason why MLS teams have been been battered by Mexican teams for years. But, you know, MLS has done things to kind of close that gap. And and obviously part of that is the designated player rule and, and multiplying that by three now where teams can have three. When you look at the two teams that got to the semis, the Galaxy and Seattle, at the end of the day, you can't look at the teams and say they made the most out of what is what the resources that are there for them. I mean, think about the combined if you have two teams, three designated players each, mm-hmm. that's six total designated player slots. And how many of those were were used productively in these series? I mean, when you talk about Seattle, Obafemi Martins, you're talking about a multi-million dollar player that they went and signed. And you know what? He really didn't give him anything in the, in the series. He was injured, so obviously, you know, you can't account for that. Um, but then also Shalry Joseph, you know, a player they, they, they brought in. He, you know, he, he hadn't played for them. He played in the first leg. That was his first game, and he was rusty. He wasn't playing like a designated player like you would expect for the money that is spent on a designated player. And then Mauro Rosales for Seattle as well, also injured, came off the bench in the second leg. So if you, when you look at Seattle, I mean, they, at the end of the day, they, it's not as if they used the full complement of what is there for MLS teams to use. With the LA Galaxy, you have a, another another side. You have they they have one designated player slot that's empty because of David Beckham. Obviously, he's left, and mm-hmm. the team is out. As we all know, they're they're going to go find some star player this summer to fill that spot. Uh, and then you have another one. You have Landon Donovan, who was away all, all you know all winter. He he needed a break. He, he had a sabbatical, so he wasn't a hundred percent when he came into this series. So, uh, you know, all when you look at all those things. And you look at the fact that what the, the players that should have been the best players for these teams didn't produce. And then on the other side of the coin, 
San Jose Laguna, Monterey, their stars produced. And, and um, you know, it's hilarious to me when you hear Landon Donovan uh, after the game talk about, well, you know, we spend no, you know, our, our cap is only like nine million and theirs is like 30 million. And mm. that's why we have no chance. And it's like, no, that's not it at all. The whole comparison of Wigan and comparing uh, uh, the Galaxy to Wigan and, and Monterey to Man United is ridiculous. It's, you know what? They do spend a lot of money. But when it came down to what was on the field, the, the 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 galaxy did not make the most of of what was there for them. Robbie Keane, your designated but, player. But Ivis, you're missing the point here. If we had more DPS, then we would be better, obviously. Right, but again, <laughs> it boils down to the money players came to play for Monterey and Santos. They did not come to play for the MLS teams. And if those players had come through, it, then it wouldn't be we wouldn't be having this discussion about the about the salary cap. I mean, when it comes down to it, yes. Would more money help? Obviously. Would it would it help give give MLS teams more depth? Sure, it would. It would. You'd be able to buy a couple more good players here and there. But at the end of the day, you still need your star players to produce, and the MLS teams' star players did not produce. The salary cap is not why Omar Gonzalez fell asleep at the end of the first leg. Omar, uh, the salary cap is not why Robbie Keane had a poor second leg. The salary cap is not why Obafemi Martins was out with an injury in, 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 in for Seattle. I mean, uh, so my, my thing is this. Mm-hmm. When the day comes that MLS teams m- maximize everything that's there for them, we're talking three designated players, we're talking about uh, everyone being healthy and on form, and, and then they match up against these Mexican teams and still lose, then you can say, you know what? Then, yeah, there's some, then we got to ch- – something has to be changed. We got to shake it up. Let's, let's try something. We have to ex- – Increase the cap because clearly teams with everything that they could possibly use still couldn't get it done. But that that wasn't the case this time. So I I think it's a, it's just I feel like it's a cop out. I feel like it's easy too easy to say oh it's the cap we need to spend millions let's just get rid of the cap. I mean that's just completely but unrealistic. And, and the thing is what people don't understand is if okay you increase the salary cap where are you going to get that money from? And I yeah. I don't I don't know what MLS finances are Ivis but. And, and yes, th- some of these owners do have a lot of money, but I think it's more important for the league to continue to grow than for a couple of teams that have deeper pockets to just dominate everyone. And I don't think that's the best way to go for this league. That in, It's still a very young league that's still starting to grow. I mean, it's still trying to grow. Absolutely. I mean, I think people need to calm down and I mean, realize that the league has, has grown uh, at a steady rate. I mean, and you can't just you know completely take the reins off now and, and say, all right, you know what? We're just going to get rid of the cap now. Let teams spend bazillion dollars and just because so we can win the exactly. Champions league i mean that's just not realistic and i mean it'll turn know. into baseball you don't want baseball well no you don't want to turn in the nasl where you have teams certain teams that spend big money and and the other teams that just can't keep up uh you know and i think the, and the, what's funny to me is like people act like the league hasn't taken steps to to, to improve to, to to give teams more money i mean the league teams have three designated player slots now. That's three times as many as they used to have, and it's up to the teams to 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 use that. And if the teams don't make full use of that, then whose fault is that? I mean, look at the Houston Dynamo, perfect example. They're in, mm-hmm. they played Santos Laguna in the quarterfinals. Now the Dynamo, hey, they're a perfectly good. You know, they're a good, strong MLS team. But guess what? They don't. You know, when you talk about designated player. Uh, top end guy, uh, player. You know they don't they who they don't have the million dollar players on that roster, and who's it, it's it's up to them to do that. It's up to their owners. It's up to AG. I guess is still now. You know they I guess they haven't sold the Dynamo yet, but you know the Dynamo chose not to use those designated player slots. So it, it, is it the caps? Is it the league? Is it the fault of the cap? No, it's the it's up to the teams to make full use of it, and and once the teams. Make full use of that. Do a smarter job with their designated players, um, and with their signings. I, I think then you can see finally an MLS team breakthrough. I, I I agree with you on that. All right, I'm putting a to on this conversation. You and I can go on this forever. The show needs to go on, Ivis. Uh, no, let's look. I, I don't want to go on. I want to say make one last point. <laughs> yeah, one what's your point? point? Then we'll put a ball on it. Another thing people need to realize: <laughs> it's so easy to talk about the cap. But you know what? If you well, all right, you get a couple more million to spend. Wh- like, what players? You, who are you going to go buy? You're going to go raid the international market again, and and then where, what happens to the young American players? I mean, at a certain point, I mean, you have to be a realistic. I mean, where Mexican teams have a real advantage, not just in spending money and and, and them going to buy international players, they have significantly better 
youth development programs. They produce their own talent. They produce top quality talent in bunches. And that's why these teams, the top teams, especially in Mexico, they have these deep teams. And and they pay them because they're good players, because they develop into good players. MLS is just now starting to get there, just now starting to have guys like Villarreal, DeAndre Yedlin. Now we're just starting to see that where ML- where Mexican teams have had that going on for years. Mm-hmm. And that's another area that like people need to get off this whole salary cap thing. Yes, the cap needs to go up, but there are other things at play here. There are other it's not as simple as just the cap. There are other things at play here. I agree. All right, you feel better? Yeah, I think I'm pretty good. Oh, one last one. Oh my gosh, schedule. stop it. People need to re- it's not an excuse, it's reality. MLS teams are a month into their season. Mexican teams are 3 months into their season. They're just going to be sharper. And that's something MLS teams have dealt with for years. It's gotten better because the season's starting earlier, but again, that's still going to be an issue and it's something that teams have to overcome. Okay. Oh, now I'm done. Now I'm yeah, done. You, you you get everything off your chest. Who pissed you off, Ivis? Why are you so mad? You know what it is, man. Like it's just, it, it just was too quick an excuse that, and everybody, it seemed like everybody wanted to use it. And then Landon Donovan, for me, that that one was kind of like, are you serious, Landon Donovan? Like when when Landon Donovan of all people, after that game, uh, talks about the disparity in spending, and that's why the MLS teams can't compete. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking to myself, Landon, you were one of the highest paid players in the league. You just took a self-imposed sabbatical. You come back. You're not in full. You're not in full 100 percent game shape, fitness, sharpness, and that cost your team. You made that decision, and then you're gonna sit there and say it's the Caps' fault that the team lost. Really? Like for me, I thought that one was that was a little much. That for him of all people, if anyone should not be talking about why the Galaxy lost, mm-hmm. he probably should have been one of those people. I I yeah I, I agree with you on that. All right, Ivis, let's let's move on. I'm afraid that you're so fired up, you're scaring our young listeners on this show. <laughs> all right, all right, I'll take it easy. <laughs> all right, let's talk about some good things, okay? Let's talk about Clint Dempsey scoring a brace. Let's talk about Terrence Boyd. Terrence Boyd, excuse me. Oh my gosh, I can't talk. Scoring a goal, but for the Deuce though, hey, Tonham is now out of the Europa League, but Dempsey needed to score goals, and hey, two goals for him. It's looking good. You know, it's so funny, man. There is a strain of soccer fan out there, a strain of American soccer fan out there that for one reason or another, for whatever reason, has decided they are going to criticize the heck out of Clint Dempsey and they're just going to completely downgrade anything he does at Tottenham. And it was absolutely hilarious to see Clint Dempsey amidst all some criticism from certain American fans who were saying he's terrible at Tottenham, he's going to get dumped by Tottenham this offseason. To see him come out there and have a man of the match performance, score two goals in in one of the it's one what has been one of their biggest games of the season. I mean, it it provided a pretty pretty good reminder for people that the guy can still play. He can still ball out. He had a great game for them b- before that, and he looks like he's really starting to hit a stride. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree with you on that. And I mean, for Terrence Boyd scoring a goal, that's big right there. Uh, you know, we you know we, we obviously want to continue to see his development. Oh, without a doubt, he just keeps on scoring. He's feeling real comfortable, and yeah, uh, it's a, it's a, and it's going to be an interesting decision this this summer. Um, what happens because it's his first season as a pro. He's done outstanding. He's got you know I think it's a dozen goals now in his first pro season. Uh, so what's the next step? Do you go back to Germany? Do you stay in Austria for a year? So that that's going to be an interesting question for him. And I tell you that not only did he score a goal, uh, I'm sure folks on Twitter who follow him. Uh, but for those who did, who 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 didn't don't follow him or, or aren't aware, he actually got himself an American flag tattoo on his forearm. Uh, I mean, the kid loves the United States, and and it's just it drives me nuts when when you hear certain people, uh, certain anonymous people on the internet who criticize the fact that there are all these German Americans on the U.S. national team and question how you know the are they real Americans or this or that. Listen, Terrence Boyd loves America as much as any other player on the U.S. national team. The guy, he loves the USA. And I thought it was a great, a great gesture for him to, to kind of show that by uh, putting that tattoo on his arm. You know, he'd be a really good guest for this show, just saying. Yeah, I think we might, we might have to get him pretty soon. Yeah, he's might a, have he's to. a hilarious guy. I think, uh, I think he should be a stand-up comedian, actually, when he retires. But, oh, it'll be, uh, think, it'll, it'll be good, you know, with, with your hilarious notions, Ivis. It'd be, you guys, you know, we're going to be doing a great interview. We're going to bounce we're, off each other. Uh, yeah. It's coming. It's coming pretty soon. The, yeah, uh, the, the the Terrence and Ivis comedy comedy act. We'll we'll have it on pretty soon. Oh gosh, I I will be a be a must miss. Uh, moving on though, uh, Stuart Holden looks like he's uh, going to acquire a long term deal here soon. Steve Trungolo is out uh, playing some games. Carlos 
Montenegro played this past weekend. So uh, so some guys coming back and uh, from injuries, and it's looking pretty good. It's it's starting to go go in a pretty good direction. Obviously, uh, Stuart Holden's one that people are going to keep an eye on, obviously because he's just now starting to see some regular playing mm-hmm. time. Uh, it's just crazy how how many games they, they they fit into the league championship schedule. It seems like they play every two days, every three days, and and he's get you know he's he's playing every other game. It seems now for Sheffield Wednesday, but it's still a positive step. You know, clearly for him to 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 be making that kind of progress after having so many issues with uh, with the knee injury. Uh, I know he had a in a recent interview, a recent uh, story uh, uh, with ESPN's Jeff Carlisle that you know really kind of shed some light on on what he went through. And and it wasn't an easy process for him uh, as far as dealing with the pain in his leg and, and mm-hmm. having it finally, uh, you know, dealt with to the point where he can play. And I know everyone's, you know, everyone wants him on the national team. Everyone remembers uh, the the high level that he played at for Bolton before the injuries. And it's you so you can't blame people. But at the same time, people just have to be patient with him and realize that, you know, he needs time. And, uh, you know, for him. Uh, you know, I think pretty sure he mentioned. You know, the goal for him is 2014. You know, he wants to be on that World Cup team, and uh, he's got. You know, it's the baby steps. You know, one step at a time. And right now, he's he's making really good progress. All right, Davis, let's put a break on all this talk. Let's now welcome in our guest, Aleko Eskandarian. Aleko, how you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We are doing excellent. Uh, did you have a chance to uh, catch the LA Galaxy or Seattle Sounders games this past week? And uh, what did you think? Uh, I did not. I, I saw the first leg of both games, but I didn't catch the second leg. Uh, but obviously, I, I read up on it and watched the highlights and all that, which total bummer, man. I, I was really hoping that uh, at least one of the MLS teams would uh, would make it to the final. Now, Leko, you're, you're you're now with the New York Cosmos as an assistant coach. You've uh, uh, made the move over now to to, to them, and uh, what's that been like since uh, since you've joined? It's it's been great, you know. Um, Definitely a huge project on our hands and um, a lot of work that, that needs to be done. But uh, obviously with, with the staff that we have and, and all the people that are working behind the scenes, uh, it's, it's really been a breath of fresh air and really looking forward to it. It's, it's been great so far. A lot of office work right now because uh, we're not starting the season until August. Um, but I can't wait till we get out on the field and, and really start you know, getting to work. How how's it is it at all been a little surreal the fact that you know you're working for the team your your father played for so many years ago I mean how do you catch uh, a little nostalgia there Absolutely I mean uh, you know I've obviously uh, talked to a couple people about it already but um, for me you know the Cosmos name has has always had a very special special meaning um, you know I'll go as far as the fact that you know the only reason I was born in the United States and, and brought up in this country is because of the cosmos. You know, if not for the cosmos, then uh, I don't think my family would have ever uh, been able to make it out here. And um, so, you know, you know, there's a deeper meaning to it, you know, than just the names and the team and all that. Um, but obviously with, you know, the teams that they had back in, the, back in those days and with my father being a part of it and with me as a little kid, always looking up to it and sharing the locker room with some of the greatest players to ever play the game is a huge honor for me to now kind of, Carry on that tradition and, and be a part of this club. Now, now look, you've uh, you've been out as far as as a player. Obviously, you 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 stepped away uh, a few years ago uh, due to due to concussion concussions. Uh, just want to talk about that and how has that been to deal with? I know we talked back in in LA back in November about just some of the stuff you, you you've had to go through. How how has that been for you? How have you been kind of dealing with with those those concussion issues? You know, every day is a struggle. There's no question about it. You know, there's not a, a day that's gone by that I'm not reminded of it. Um, each day there's some aspect in my life that's either limited or, um, you know, that I'll, that I'll get a symptom or, or something that, that will come up where I'm, I'm reminded by it pretty quick. But with that said, you know, I'm alive, so, so I can't complain too much. And, um, you know, you learn to live with it. You know, I, I know there's plenty of people that are uh, dealing with uh, – issues and symptoms much worse than than mine and much more serious than mine so you kind of just take it in stride and, and you learn to to live with it and make the most of of what you can do and are able to do um and you know from my experiences right now at the moment i i've kind of learned that you know the the more i think about it the, the more uh, it brings you down so i try not to think about it too much try not to talk about it too much and um just kind of focus on what i am able to do um and and go from there 
Uh, now I'm, I'm going to take you back a bit. Uh, uh, people might not realize it, but uh, you you were actually one of the first people I ever interviewed as a professional sports writer when you were at Bergen Catholic, circa I want to say 1998. So so we're back <laughs> a bit. Uh, you probably yeah, sure, dating me a little bit now, man. Well, yeah, I'm dating my I, I, everyone. My co-host Garrett calls me old every episode of the 90, show. Ninety eight. Oh my gosh. Do, do you want to know how yeah. young? Do you want to know how young I was in ninety eight? Think yeah, I was eleven yeah. in ninety eight. Think about that. Oof. Yeah. Well, I think like I was only a sophomore in high school. To be fair, I think either sophomore or junior. I was, yeah, I, was, I was sixteen. I was sixteen in ninety eight. That's right. He was already pol- he was an already a polished interview then. By the way, <laughs> he had media training. I don't know what it was, but so, so when a, a little more recent times, we want to talk about that two thousand and four DC United team. A uh, pretty special group. Obviously, you guys won the title and. You, you were the MVP in the cup uh, final. Um, talk about that group. It, it, it seemed like a pretty special group when you look at all the different guys on that team, and Ernie Stewart, Ryan Nelson, Mike Pecky, Moreno, uh, Freddie Adu is a rookie. Just talk about that group. How, how special was that group? Yeah, you know, I would say that it was the perfect mix of players. You know, we had we had veteran guys who, who were, you know, towards the end of their careers who were, you know, were – vastly experienced and, and very successful. Uh, we had kind of the, the mid-level veteran guys um, who, you know, knew what it took to win and, and uh, still had that hunger. And then we had, we had a bunch of young guys as well who were eager to prove themselves and, and were uh, kind of wet behind the ears a little bit, but we had great guys to look up to. Um, and it was, it was just, it was awesome, man. I mean, I, Every every training session, every game, every day that I, that I spent with that team was was a joy. You know, we had so many good memories, and um, and all of us are still friends. You know, there's not a single guy from that roster that I, I could say that I don't talk to anymore, that I don't keep in touch with. You know, and I think that's what was so special about that group. Like anytime we did anything, a team function, or if we want to go out to grab a bite to eat or something, usually we, you know. On most teams, you have clicks of, you know, five, six guys. On that team, we had a click of, you know, 24 guys or, or whatever the roster size was. Um, and, and, you know, obviously on the field, we had guys that did the business as well. And it was, uh, it was truly a special season that, that I'll never forget. You know, on the roster, three, three of your teammates on that 2004 team are now coaches with Ben Olsen, Mike Pecky, and Ryan Nelson. When you were, you know, on the team with them, did you have any moments where you looked over and said, you know, hey, these guys could be good coaches one day? Or, I mean, or, or were they just kind of that it came naturally to them? Um, Ryan Nelson. Ryan, Ryan Nelson was the guy for me. Um, he, he was a guy that every day in training was uh, barking out orders and, and giving advice and just always had – he always had those like one-liners that were like coach one-liners. You know what I mean? I can't really uh, explain it, but it's like stuff. He would say stuff that, you know, I'll, I'll even admit now. I don't think I've ever told anyone this, but um, I used to like write down some of the stuff that he would say. Cause I'm like, man, that was like a pretty sweet line that uh, he gave me, you know? Um, and, and you could tell from, from, uh, from day one of, of being with Nelly of he'd be the first one out there on the training field doing his own warm up and, fitness and all that i mean he he really uh he really lived up to you know the whole thing of of uh you know letting his actions speak louder than his words you know i mean he was uh a great competitor um i think i did an interview about him a couple weeks ago where where i said that in training his team never lost it was the craziest thing i've ever seen but you know you could play 5v5 and put four rookies on his team and him and he would find a way to kind of almost manipulate them into a way that uh, to play the way he needed them to play in order to get a result. Um, and, and it was, you know, he's definitely, the, I'd say, the best captain I ever uh, played for or played with. And, and um, I'm not surprised at all that he's a coach now, and I think he'll be a very successful coach. Now, th- this weekend is, uh, is actually the, the latest installment of that, that D.C. United-New York Red Bulls uh, rivalry. Uh, before it used to be the Metro Stars, now it's the Red Bulls. You, you played your own, own part in that rivalry, obviously, with the with the infamous uh, drinking of the Red Bull can and spitting it out. Well, how, how much how much stick do you, do you take for that? And, that? and what do you remember about just that whole that whole rivalry, uh, you know, between those two? And you, be, and especially you, you know, being a Jersey guy and being in the DC side of that. Tell me about that. Yeah, I mean, that, people forget that I, I started off on the Metro Stars side of things. You know, I mean, when I was uh, growing up as a kid, I. 
you know, my family had uh, season tickets to the Metro Stars games. And, you know, we grew up, you know, hating DC United and, and cheering for the Metro Stars. And, you know, I was very much a, a New York guy and New Jersey guy. But um, obviously being drafted by by DC, you know, the tables got turned pretty quickly. And, you know, I just think it's fun. I, I think the league needs rivalries. And now we're seeing it with, you know, Portland and Seattle and Vancouver and, you know, all these other rivalries that, that are starting to develop. The league needs that. It's good for the league. And as players, those are the most fun games to play in. You know, when whenever there are added stakes, it makes it so much more fun. Well, for me anyway, you know, I always, uh, you know, the more pressure there was, the more spotlight there was on a game, the more I enjoyed it. Uh, so for me, you know, I kind of thrived in, in that whole setting. And, um, you know, I, I, was, I felt very much wanted uh, in D.C. And I felt very much like uh, that was my family. And so... Obviously, when it was time to play against New York, you know, I was going to represent D.C. as best as I could. But, you know, I never uh, I never strayed far away from my roots. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm a Jersey kid through and through and everyone in D.C. or wherever I've been will, will tell you that, you know, um, I'm very proud of my uh, New Jersey heritage. And with the, with the whole celebration thing, that was just something fun to kind of add fuel to the fire a little bit. But it was it was totally out of jest. You know, people forget. The year that I did that in 2006, I had just missed uh, 10 months of the of the previous season with concussions. Um, and so throughout that 10 months, I, I didn't know if my career was going to end or if I could ever play again or what. Um, so when I came back in 2006, you know, I promised myself that uh, every goal that I scored, I would celebrate like it was my last because I, I really wasn't sure. You know, I knew I knew that next concussion might have uh you know, ended my, my career, if not my, my life. So um, I was very cognizant of that fact. And I wanted to have as much fun playing soccer as I could. And so the goal celebrations were just a part of it. You know, well, okay, then we'll take us back. I mean, what was your favorite celebration that you'd had? Oh, man. Um, that's a tough one because every single, every single celebration had, had a little story to it. You know what I mean? Um, but... Uh, I would say one of my favorites was I did I did push-ups uh, after a goal I scored I think against Kansas City um, and I crushed a volley that I think like hit the net and then popped out and and Bo Oshani was in goal and he thought it didn't even go in because because uh, it popped out so fast and I started doing push-ups and the and the reason why was the day before the game we were doing finishing and and uh, I couldn't hit the target to save my life and Peter Novak who was our coach at the time and, and Tommy Sowen. Every time I, I did not hit the frame, they made me do push-ups. And they're like, oh, every time. And I ended up, I honestly did like 200 push-ups. Like I, I couldn't hit the frame. And uh, I kept joking around with them like, guys, when it's game time, I'll put it on frame. You know, this is practice. I'm supposed to miss in practice. I'm saving it for the game. So as soon as uh, I scored in the game, I, I got down and did some push-ups. <laughs> do, do you ever have like moments now where you're watching games and you think to yourself like, oh, man, that'd be a really good celebration right there. Does that ever cross your mind? Oh, all the time, man, all the time. Uh, I got so many ideas. Do you, do you share these with players? Because I feel like you should then. Oh, I don't. I don't. I mean, if everyone asks, I, I would. But uh, I, I think the last person, I think I tried to get in the ear of some of the uh, women's national team players to, to get them to spice things up a little bit. But uh, they weren't having any of it. So, Talking about that whole D.C., uh, New York thing, uh, I, it's, a, it's probably a little-known fact that the Red Bulls actually – I mean, you almost became a Red Bull. I mean, I don't know if that's even public knowledge, but back in 2009, I know that uh, the Red Bulls were, were, were looking to acquire you. you it was a possibility. Uh, Juan Carlos Osorio, I remember actually, uh, you know, asking me, uh, you know, about the possibility of you coming over. And I think the trade was Wal was John Walnack for you. Possibility at the end. The, the, the funny thing about it and just how cursed the Red Bulls were that year, they don't make that trade. Then you go to L.A., and then the first time you play the Red Bulls, you score a pretty sick goal against the Red Bulls. Do you remember, do you remember that? Do you remember that game? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, it's kind of weird because throughout my entire career, I would say there was not a single season that went by that there wasn't a little rumor of, oh, yeah, the Red Bulls are trying to get you and, you know, you know bring you home and all that stuff. And to be honest with you, it kind of – wore on me a little bit because I was like, look, if, if it's going to happen, I would welcome for it to happen, uh, obviously, because that's home for me. But I felt like it was uh, it was just talk, you know, and, and talk is cheap, especially in the professional sports business. So 
you know, it was one of those things that I think the more years went by where I would hear like, oh, yeah, you know, Red Bulls are trying to get you and they're going to get you. I was kind of I was kind of fed up with it at that point because, um, you know, every single time. And, and you know, there's a lot of stuff that's, you know, closed doors that, you know, the public will never know about. But they had they had uh, plenty of opportunities as well. Um, but with that said, uh, you know, one thing I've kind of prided myself on throughout my career is whatever team's jersey I put on, I'm going to give it 110 percent. Um, and yeah, it was, it was pretty ironic coming back to, uh, to New York, uh, with LA, uh, playing in that game. And I think that was the last, uh, that was one of the last ever games at the old giant stadium, which obviously my dad played in for so long. So it meant a lot for me to, uh, to do well in that game. And I think scored probably one of the, one of the best goals in my career in that game. So it worked out great. Look, you got you got to play for a bunch of different coaches. Uh, now you're going into coaching uh, yourself as an assistant with the Cosmos. Who who's it, it, you know not to put you on the spot, but it, is there a coach that that can't maybe stood out for you that maybe made the biggest impression on you, or maybe impressed you the most just with the type of coach that they were? Yeah, two coaches. Um, one is one is Peter Novak, and the other is Bruce Arena. Um, for me, those two guys uh, have figured it out, and they have very different styles. Um, and different ways about you know going about things, but uh, they're both winners. Um, they both demand a lot out of their players, and, and it's been very interesting for me to kind of you know observe them while, while I played for them and, and try to figure out what it was that they did that made them so successful. And and uh, you know it's fun for me to talk to them now and, and pick their brain a little bit and and uh, kind of see what what makes them tick and what made them do some of the things things that they did. Uh, but for me, th- those are definitely two very big influences uh, on me as a coach because I I really respect both those guys a lot. So, so what kind of coach is, is Coach Aleko going to be like, or, or what kind of coach are you? Would you say? Uh, I, th- I think um, I think I think time will tell. You know, I, I think for right now, I'm I'm very much just trying to learn as much as I can and, and be a sponge uh, here with the Cosmos. I, I'm very fortunate to have. Uh, Gio Savarisi as the head coach, uh, Carlos Yamosa joining me as an assistant, and Memo Valencia as, as our goalie coach. All three of those guys have, have a ton of experience and um, obviously have all had great playing careers as well, which I think makes our coaching staff uh, a little bit unique in that we all played in MLS and or you know aside from Memo and, and kind of know what it's like. Uh, American soccer as well as those guys have a ton of international experience. So for me, at this point in my coaching career, I'm just trying to learn as much as I can. Uh, I think I'm, I'm able to relate to the players um, in terms of not being too far removed from that side of things. But at the same time, I've been on uh, a lot of winning teams and championship teams, and I've also been on some teams that didn't do so well that I know what the difference is, you know, and I know uh, how the coaches can, can impact that. So I'm trying to use uh, all that information to my advantage. Now, Aleko, we, we we have to ask you about this. We can't let you go. How how did your date with uh, Kim Kardashian go? Oh yeah, that wasn't me. I think that was a, a different Aleko. That uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, listen. In all honesty, it was uh, it was fun. You know, it was. Uh, I don't have anything uh, bad uh, to say about about you know the show or Kim or anything. You know, it was it was something that came up really completely out of the blue. I, I was not prepared for it. Um, and I literally just got a phone call from her mom one day asking me if, if I would, uh, if I would go on a blind date with her daughter. And I said, sure. And, and, um, the rest, the rest was uh, recorded on, on TV for all of you to see, but, um, it, it was fun. I, I knew from the very beginning it was, uh, you know, what, what I was getting myself into and, you know, took it for what it was worth. I'm, I'm sure it was a cool experience though, just to, to go through the whole process of a reality show and filming and all that stuff. Right. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if I would use "cool" as the uh, <laughs> adjective to describe it. Uh, it was definitely, I'm definitely not planning on on having a Hollywood set um, <laughs> following me on any other date that I go on in the future. So, um, but yeah, it was it was definitely different for sure. How often do you hear about that, or do you meet any random people who who don't know you as the soccer player but actually know you as the guy that was on the Kardashian? It, it trips me out, man. Like I, I mean. I don't think I have an ego or anything, but I'd like to think that, you know, being a pro athlete was was a pretty decent accomplishment. Um, And it's been ridiculous how many people that I've never heard from for like 10, 15 years all of a sudden called me out of the blue about, hey, you know, like 
never got a phone call about MLS Cup or a national team <laughs> or anything like that. But hey, I saw you on, on TV or going on a date. And I'm like, really? That's that's the that's the the one you decide to go with to finally give me a call. So it's it's weird, you know. But yeah, you know, I I really feel like if my name was like Bob or John or something like that, it, it wouldn't <laughs> people wouldn't have even known it was me. But since yeah. I kind of have a, a bit of a unique name, you, you know, you still get the people who are like, wait, I feel like I know you from somewhere. And I'm like, <laughs> I hope you're a soccer fan or else this is not going to end favorably. So, so that episode is still in the rotation. Is that what's going on? Listen, I, God honest truth, I've only seen one episode of that show and it was the one that I was on. Um, <laughs> and I cannot believe how many people to this day will text me up, hey, your show is on. I'm like, <laughs> It was like three three years ago. Like, how are they still showing it? I, I don't understand how how the E Channel operates with reruns. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know I don't know uh, why or how it's it's still airing. But um, I guess I guess people want to watch it. I don't know. Well, ho- hopefully everyone you, listens to this sorry. knows you from soccer. Listens to the SBI show. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. That's right. Now you you went you went back to UVA to 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 finish up a degree out there. You know, you were you were kind of doing the whole Van Wilder old guy at the college thing for a minute. So did you? Yeah, how much, you must yeah, have got a bunch of that there. Yeah. Um, well, that's that's when the show actually aired while while I was there. But I kept such a low profile when I was uh, when I was at UVA. I'd be the guy uh, with like the long brimmed hat sitting uh, with my eyes covered in the front of the class. So. Uh, I kept quiet down there, so no one really knew what my deal was. Um, it was pretty. It was pretty funny because I, I would always get like, you know, a freshman or sophomore kind of being like, "Hey, like, what what dorm are you in?" I'm like, "Listen, I'm, I'm 30." <laughs> so uh, that that was that was fun, but very very uh, proud that I was able to go back to to school and, and finish my degree. It was uh, some that a goal that I set out for myself, and I promised my mom that that I would get it. So. That's that's one of the things I'm probably most proud of that I've done in my life. And you can't break those promises to mom. Never, never. Yeah. Mom, mom puts food on the table uh, better than anybody, so you can't break those promises. <laughs> no, that is true. Aleko, well, thank you so much for joining us today. Everyone can follow you on Twitter at Aleko11. Good luck with the Cosmos going forward. Thank you very much, guys. Ivis, the reason why I asked him about the uh, if the reality show thing is cool, because I one time tried out for American Idol and for the real world, and those are both very cool experiences. Oh, my Lord. Did you really try out for American Idol? Oh, Where I did. that video? I, there is no video of it, but it was quite the experience, though. Safe to say I did not get, got, I did not get asked back. So, wait. So, you were, you, so not only were you not good enough... To, to no, I, I was good. No, in high school, I sang in varsity choir, man. I was in choir in high school and theater and all that stuff. I, I, I played sports, too. I just want to throw Listen, that out there. I, just for the record, everybody that auditions uh, for Idol thinks they're good. So I No, mean, I, it, oh my, I, I went because I was like, hey, well, it, you know, what do you know? I don't want to see this video. There is no, there is no, there is no video of it. There is no video. Just for some random schmo at a table. And that's yeah, it. I mean, that's pretty much how it is. You have like, it was like 15,000 people in the lower bowl of a hockey stadium and they have like twelve booths uh, to like two producers, and four people go up per time, and you sing. You have like five seconds to impress them, and like, and that's it. And you're there for like five hours. So not only were you not good enough to impress, you also no. weren't horrible enough to to move on and no. be one of those funny no. segments on the show. No, I did not want to be one of those people. But the girl next to me who could not sing and had a ridiculous outfit, she did get a callback. Did anyone get on the show that you remember? Uh, my buddy did. My buddy, he actually had a good voice, and uh, he got on, but he got kicked off eventually. Nice. Yeah. What were we talking about? Oh, we wanted I don't know. to recap. I tell you what, you have to do. A, I think you have to sing a song as one as a, as an outro at some point. No, so I'll, see I'll, how good you really are. No, I will never do that. Um, but your boy it though. Can't be any worse than the music. Yeah, but your boy though, Ivis Aleko. Uh, good stuff from him, man. No, I mean, he, I'll tell you what, Aleko has a great, you know, interesting story. I mean, obviously he's. You know, for for some younger listeners uh, like yourself <laughs> who didn't, I don't think knew even knew who he was before we. Uh, That's not true. I told you who he was before the show started. Yeah, as soon as right after reading his Wikipedia page. That's not true. I knew the I knew some of these things about him. Well, listen, I got to tell you, no, I mean he's had he's a fascinating career, and obviously it's had its ups and downs, and he's had his his successes. Uh, you know, his the, his highs have been very high. Obviously, with being MLS Cup MVP, winning a title, being the number one pick in the MLS draft, having an outstanding career both in high school in New Jersey and in college at UVA. I mean, great career, and obviously the whole Cosmos tie with his father 
uh, having been a, a Cosmos great. And here he is now. I mean, he's going to go into coaching, and mm-hmm. you know, he, he's really one of the good guys in in, in the sport. And uh, you know, I know anyone anyone that knows him uh, knows that, and, and and is wishing him well uh, on the next step. I mean, he's tried a couple different things. You know, he's even gone and uh, done some writing. Uh, for Sports Illustrated, done really well. I got to tell you, I mean, uh, the the myth of the soccer player not being able to write, uh, he, he's made, he's been the exception to that. So it's going to be interesting to see how his career uh, moves along, and who knows, you know, maybe he could be that fourth or fourth or fifth uh, member of that 2004 DC team to, to get a head coaching job in MLS. The list is impressive when you look from that when you look at that 2004 team. Ive is to have three of those guys that are managers. You have Nick Romano on the team; he's still playing. I mean, Troy Perkins, another guy that popped out to me that's still playing. That that just that the the roster and the team just it just looks like the perfect collection, you know. No, yeah, yeah, that team was something special. I mean, you think about Brian Carroll, even someone who's won multiple titles and is in in is kind of an underrated player, but has had a great career. And then you had Freddie Adu, who yeah. on that team he was a rookie, but he actually played quite a bit and. And he was, uh, you know, he obviously had the whole media circus surrounding him as a 14-year-old on that team. Uh, so it's funny in a way that as special as that team was uh, with so many great players on it, uh, he got as much attention as, as anyone just mm-hmm. being that rookie, that next great Pelé, the, the, the label that the league kind of forced on him. But, uh, you know, that was a great team team and it probably goes down as one of the one of the best teams in league history. MLS action is going to be in full swing this weekend. Let's uh, go over some games. Uh, first game I'm looking at right here is the Philadelphia Union hosting Toronto FC. Uh, kind of an interesting game because with, with both of these teams, you, you kind of don't know what you're going to get, but you know you're going to get a team that's going to grind it out. They're going to be annoying and they're going to be there for the majority of the game. So, you know, I for me, Ivis, I, I, I have to say that I'll take the Philadelphia Union in this game. Well, you know, it's interesting. Both those teams, uh, you know, they had really rough 2012s. And uh, I feel like both have have shown really good signs of progress uh, to start this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Philly, Philly, you know, I say it, I feel like I say it every week. They're a young team. They still have to work some things out. Uh, you do. You, know, you say that every week. I say it every week. You say it every true. week. It's because uh, it is they true. Did show it, they did show in Columbus uh, that, you know, their defense is pretty solid and, and they were able to get a point on the road. Uh, now they're back home, and this Toronto team—I got to tell you—you know—they—they're a tricky team, as we saw. You know, coming back to tie FC Dallas, they—they've they, now in consecutive weeks have tied the Galaxy and FC Dallas, which is no, no small feat. But you know, they, one of the issues with them for years has been their form on the road and their ability to to get results on the road, which is it's really been a tough thing for them. Um, so I mean, I, I personally I, I think you got to give the slight edge to Philly. Uh, just being at home, uh, you know, it's a different. It, they have great atmosphere down there, PPL Park. I think you want to give them the edge. And Jack McInerney, uh, he, mm-hmm. he's you know been hot to red hot to start the season. And I think he could have a pretty good day against that uh, Toronto defense. I, I don't. I, I saw this somewhere. I, I'm not making this up. This isn't from me. But they compared him to Chicharito. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because whoever. Okay, you know he, what I'm talking about. Well, listen. I don't know who came up with it. I don't know who started it. But whoever came up with the uh, calling McInerney the American Chicharito should yeah. be slapped because no nothing against Jack McInerney. He's a talented young player. But that's just ridiculous, man. I mean, that's just absurd to, like, even try to do that. I mean, it's just such a contrived label. And I know, obviously, there's a million and one websites out there now, so you never know who's who's coming up with what. But listen, the kids – Jack McInerney is a, a talented young player. He's coming along pretty well. But let's slow it down. You know, Chicharito at that even at that age was already a breakout player in Mexico and and ready to make his million dollar multi million dollar move to Manchester United. Uh, McInerney is one of the best young forwards in MLS. Uh, you know, and he's showing a real good eye for goal. But I think people need to lay off any kind of labels like that because I just think that's pretty silly. So I'm sorry. So who's your pick in that game again? I gotta go Philly. Philly, yeah, I got Philly too. You, you know, I, I forgot to do this one thing. I, I want to start doing like you know, like I want us to be like a real radio show, Ivis. Where like they have like intros for stuff, like they'll be like, "Oh, this is coming up," and they'll play like a song. Right. Anyways, I think we need to like have a song where someone could play something like for like our MLS like weekend preview. It could be like MLS weekend preview with like an explosion. You know, it's like a <laughs> at the end. So if any of our listeners know how to mix my voice into like something that's explosion, we will put that in every single show we do an MLS season preview. I think that's oh. fair, Ivis. Well, I tell you, if we've learned anything just now, is that we know how why it is you actually didn't get. Uh, I am actually, I am a good singer. There's, there's countless uh, 
females you can ask about that. Um, okay, so after that, after I'm serious about that season preview. Someone will do that. Uh, next game I'm looking at here, Ivis is DC hosting the New York Red Bulls. That's uh, that's a game in your hood. And is the rivalry that we talked to Aleko about, and uh, you know, it's like these games are never boring. I mean, no matter what's going on with these teams, uh, there's always memorable games. Obviously, they just played at Red Bull Arena a few weeks ago, and Bill Hamid stood on his head and and helped them mm-hmm. uh, get a draw at a Red Bull Arena. And uh, let's tell you what, this this one's going to be an interesting one because DC needs a win. They they've really been struggling. Their offense has been terrible. Uh, Bill Hamid's really been carrying them for most of the both, season. Both teams need a win. No, I agree. I agree. But as far as but the Red Bulls, they have a win more recently. At least you know they they did get that win against the Union uh, two weeks ago. D, but DC's at home, you know, and and obviously they have uh, they they have a, a pretty good long track record of success at home. So you want to see how they write the ship. Dwayne Rosario's back. Uh, you want to see how he helps that attack, and you know they they're, they're missing something there. I've been saying it for a while now. I'll say it again. They need to go sign somebody this summer. They, they I think they need a forward. I'm not convinced Rafael is the answer. Uh, I think he came back down to earth this past week. Um, if you but the Red Bulls, it's going to come down to Terry Henry. Uh, I don't know if he's going to start or not. They, they're kind of being a little a little uh, hush hush on on whether or not Henry is going to start in this game. If he starts, I, I, I would like the Red Bulls' chances uh, of of winning in RFK, but if he does not start, if he doesn't play quite a bit, then I'm going to have to give the edge to DC. Yeah, I, I think this game could go either way. I mean, you have the Red Bulls where their defense is still not the best. Uh, Luis Robles had a horrible game last week, and they just added Kevin Hartman, and DC United, I mean, they, they their attacking was just non-existence against Sporting Kansas City. So, I mean, I, honestly, I think it's, I was... It's I, the classic matchup. It's the movable force see, against the movable object. See, that's so. what I'm saying. I mean, it could be like a like a 8-7 to seven game or something like that. Or it, it could, could be, be like... really ugly yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Do, do, you, do, you, do you love how f- high the ceiling was right there? Yeah, I don't think there's any chance. Of, unless there's five red cards in this game, <laughs> I don't think it'll be 8-7. I, I, I just I say it's going to be scoreless 0-0. Zero, zero. That, that's my take. Uh, I think it's gonna. I think I think Leonard Pahoy is gonna score a hat trick. Oh, stop no. it! No. No. Okay. Stop I'm it! Kidding. 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 I don't. I think it would take him a whole year to score a hat trick. Oh, um, score three. Uh, I, you know what? I'm gonna go DC. I'm gonna go DC. They're at home. Uh, I think Bill Hamid is gonna have a big game. I think Chris Pontius is due. Uh, for a game, you know, I think he's someone who hasn't quite gotten going yet. Mm-hmm. He's someone who's torn the Red Bulls up in the past. And, you know, with having De Rosario back, I think that's going to help take some of the uh, attention away from him defensively so he's going to have a little more freedom to operate. I'm going to go Pontius with a goal or two, Bill Hamid with a shutout, and DC wins. Okay, that's a that's a pretty good prediction right there. Next game here, uh, Dallas hosting the LA Galaxy. Like we talked about the uh, all season long, I mean, Dallas uh, looking pretty good so far this season, LA Galaxy. Uh, looking much better too this season compared to last season's start, and uh, I mean it's going to be a very good game. It's going to be a really good test uh, of FC Dallas and where they are, and how legitimate their start to the season is. You know, uh, you know, like I've said it, I say it every week. I don't, I'm not taking it away from them, but I really want to see them against a team like LA. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they rebound, how the Galaxy rebound from that disappointing uh, series loss to Monterey, uh, falling short in the Champions League. And also just the fatigue factor as well, you know, how, how they're going to deal with that. Yeah. Is is Mike McGee going to be back? Obviously, he he, he wasn't able to start in that game because of, of leg pain. So if, if you have McGee back, if you have Landon Donovan uh, able to start, uh, it's going to be an interesting one. That, that's, that's, a, that's a lot for, for FC Dallas to deal with. Um, even though they're at home, you know, I, I, I got to go with the Galaxy. I think, I think the Galaxy is going to, uh, you know, I think they're going to shake off that loss. Uh, to Monterey, and I think they're going to go down there and get a win. I, you know, I got to say FC Dallas here. I just think that the Galaxy are just going to be burnt out from that game. I, I mean, you look at how many players play 90 minutes, and there's a lot of them that play 90 minutes. And I, I mean, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with FC Dallas on this one. Don't worry, Dallas fans. Unlike Ivis, I got your back. <laughs> well, listen, I'll tell you what. Um, it it really it really is going to come down to George John. Uh, if if George John can play, if he's going to start, if he if he's over, you know, the issues that that forced them out of that game uh, against uh, Toronto FC, then they have a chance. I'm not saying they don't have a chance. It's going to be a, a, a great game, uh, especially the way some guys on FC Dallas are playing. When you talk about Jackson playing really well, Michelle, Andrew Jacobson, 
I mean, all, they're, they're playing really well. I mean, obviously the second half of that TFC game was was forgettable. Uh, they had some chances that could have put the game away that they didn't finish. Um, but again, LA, you know, I think I feel like LA is going to come out come out mad. I think they're going to come out with something to prove. Mm. They're a veteran team, so I think I I see them being able to kind of get over that loss better than some other teams have gotten over that those kind of losses. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still going to go with FC Dallas. And I made a good point, but I'm going to go with FC Dallas. Next game here we have is the Portland Timbers uh, hosting San Jose Earthquakes. I think for the Portland Timbers, uh, they're not going to win this weekend. I'm going to take San Jose Earthquakes. We saw how just big Alan Gordon's inclusion into the roster was for San Jose immediately. I mean, if it wasn't for that blunder, I, I think they probably would have beat the Vancouver Whitecaps. And I just think that San Jose is just a better team right now. So I'm going to go with San Jose in this game. Uh, we're gonna have to disagree again. Uh, oh, what, see, man, and here I it is. Here, now, and now, now comes your Portland, your Portland love, your love affair with Portland. <laughs> Listen, man, I don't think anyone can deny that they were outstanding last week. And they I were. Really think it's the first step in them really getting on a good run. You know, I think they they've seen the light now and knowing how important it is to get off to a good start and not give up that early goal, that first half goal that puts them puts them in uh, at such a disadvantage. Um, I agree with you. San Jose is much better now that they've got the Bash brothers back, mm-hmm. uh, Gordon and Lenhart back. But I think I don't know. I just think the Timbers midfield is going to make the difference in that matchup. I think I think they're going to win. They're going to control the play. I think they're going to control possession, and uh, I think they're going to. The, the key for them is is dealing with Wondolowski. Uh, obviously, the, the defense yeah. has got some issues now. David David Horst is out now uh, with uh, with knee surgery, so now it's going to be up to Mikhail Slaves and a- Andrew John Baptiste to deal with Wondolowski and Gordon and Lindhart. So it, it, it's that's going to be tough. But I, I like the mm-hmm. Timbers midfield to control, to dominate, and I like them to win. What in case you, you didn't point it out. This is the first of consecutive meetings between these two teams. So uh, I'm going to give the first leg of this home and home to the Timbers. I, I, you know, I'm still going to go with the earthquakes in this one. Uh, another game that I'm looking at right here, Ivis, is uh, Chivas USA hosting the Colorado Rapids. Chivas USA on a four-game winning streak, and uh, I see them winning this game. Uh, I'm going to agree with you there, and it, 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 this is a—it's funny. You before the season started, I don't think anyone would have, I don't think many people would have looked at this matchup and said, "Oh, this is an this is going to be one of the more interesting games of the week." But listen, th- these have been two of the two of the better stories of the early season. Chivas USA. And then you have Rapids goalkeeper Clint Irwin, who you know obviously stepped in for Matt Pickens and has been outstanding for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, he helped them get their first win last week. Uh, a really great team performance against Real Salt Lake. And this is really a good crossroads game. You know, can the Rapids build on that? Can their young team go on the road and get a result? Even though, let's face it, uh, you know the Home Depot Center. When Chivas USA is playing, isn't exactly the most intimidating atmosphere unless you're afraid of plastic tarps. But that being said, Chivas USA really good team. They had a week off. They had a week to kind of you know have some team bonding. Uh, you know, I listened to an interview that that uh, El Chelis, their head coach, uh, gave during the week, and he did say you know they had a chance to bond. Uh, you know, have a, get to know each other a little better, and, and I think they're going to come out flying. You know, I think they're going to really test that Rapids defense. Uh, and it's going to be a good matchup, especially when you think about the potential rookie-on-rookie matchup of Carlos Alvarez against Dylan Powers, uh, two, two candidates for Rookie of the Year. Uh, it's going to be good to see how they match up against each other. Uh, they know each other well, having uh, faced off in the Big East in the past when uh, Powers was at Notre Dame and Alvarez was at uh, UConn. So, I mean, they're, they're definitely not strangers. So it's going to—it's a game that, you know what, I don't think many people would have would have bothered to watch, but I would say people should— take time to watch that game i don't know man i i was not impressed with the rapids at all last week i mean the goal that they had yeah that was nice but other than that i mean we all saw lake just looked like the better team in that and i just think that chivas is just gonna i think they're gonna beat the rapids at least two zero at least it's possible it's possible see the thing with the rapids is you know they got that goal and then they're fine with letting real Salt Lake have the ball so i mean if you're just watching the game and not really considering the context of it, you might say, "Oh, hey, Salt Lake dominated. They had the ball." No, 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 no. I I know that, but I'm, t- I'm but I'm like, there's other things. I mean, that go with it too. I mean, I'm talking about better passing, better positioning, limiting your opposing team's chances, stuff like I that. Thought, you know, what you I mean? know, what? I thought the Rabbits had chances. I thought they had chances. I thought Deshaun Brown and Atiba Harris and Edson Buttle uh, caused some problems for Salt Lake. I mean, obviously, they only they only got the one goal, but 
for the games that they played this year, I thought that was one of their better games actually. And when yes, you think about right. Salt Lake and how good they looked the week before against Seattle, yeah. When you compare that to how they looked against the Rapids, I think that helps. That kind of shows you what the Rapids were able to do to them and able to frustrate them. And look, at the end of the day, the Rapids are dealing with a lot of injuries. I mean, you're talking about a half dozen guys who would probably be starters on their team who are out. So, I mean, the fact that a lot of, you know, you got a lot, a lot of young guys coming, three, you know, three rookies, uh, well, two rookies and one, you know, young player, Shane O'Neill coming in, Deshaun Brown, Dylan Powers, Clint Irwin. I mean, all these guys are stepping up. And, and so, I mean, I still like Chivas, but I think the Rapids are, are surprising. So people, they're being a little tougher than people expected. Chivas, that wraps up our uh, MLS season. I'm, I'm sorry, not season, our weekend preview. Also in other uh, U.S. news, the U-17s have advanced out of their group play in the CONCACAF uh, World Cup qualifying. So that's uh, good for the U-17s. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy to think that how young how young these guys you know this group is obviously they're 16 16 years old so you know if people care people love it though i mean it's interesting how how you know i think more people were 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 tuned into the U17 coverage than MLS coverage uh you know just this week especially with the for their first match and everyone wants to know who's going to be the next star who's going to be the you know is there a young Clint uh, Dempsey a young Landon Donovan a young uh, Tim Howard and and it's like you know what take it easy folks because at the end of the day there's only going to be <laughs> two or three guys tops out of this group that really are going to make that 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 rise through the ranks and and there's some pretty good guys in there obviously Rubio Ruben is is clearly someone to watch Corey Baird was was good today and uh, Shaq Moore uh, the captain the the right back is also I tell you what those three you know those are some of the players I know everyone I know a lot of people have heard of Junior Friends. Obviously, who signed with Bruce Dorman? Um, he didn't start in the opener. He's a talented player, but for me, the guys you want to keep on, uh, keep an eye on, obviously, are, are, are Chris Lemma, uh, the the Red Bulls Academy player. So it, it's going to come down once again. It's going to come down to a one game situation for all the marbles. Yes, the U.S. national team, uh, U.S. under seventeen team is going to play uh, Honduras. <sighs> Uh, for all the marbles, and uh, you gotta like their chances. I mean, I thought they looked pretty good against Guatemala today. Um, but as we as we've seen before, as we saw with the U twenties a couple of years ago and the U twenty threes a year ago, you know, once you get down to what when you get one game, when you need one game, anything's possible. But I, I like their chances. I like Rick, Richie Williams' chances to 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 lead them through that. I, I know they they have to win. They just have to win this game, and they advance to the World Cup. I mean, they just have to win one more. And they avoided Mexico too, which is huge. Right, absolutely. I mean, it, 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 that that was one of those tricky ones when you knew it came, it was going to come down to uh, you know the Honduras Mexico game to see who who the Americans would play. And, yeah. And, I, and I'm sure, as much as everyone loves that rivalry, I'm pretty sure they 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 were happy to not have to be facing uh, Mexico for all the marbles. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Well, Ivis, that wraps up the SBI show. I want to thank Aleko Escondarian for joining us today. And uh, Ivis, you have a good weekend and uh, enjoy enjoy the MLS. Thanks, man. And we'll uh, we'll be back uh, we'll be back on Sunday. And and just I just definitely want a, a few tidbits here at the end. Uh, I want to remind everybody that. Uh, we have the SBI Facebook page back up and running, and uh, we, we, that's uh, that. I know that was dormant for for a few months, uh, but we've got it back up and going. So, uh, if you haven't already, make sure you go to our Facebook page and like the page, and also check out the uh, the different things that we've been adding on there. And also, if you're a listener of the show, please make sure to go to iTunes and give us a rating on there. Uh, try not to be too rough on on uh, me. Uh, you can say whatever you want about. Gary. No, don't uh, stop it. See, I was, everyone takes your word. Like everyone will take your word regardless. I could say something like <laughs> like awe inspiring. You're gonna be like, no, 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 that's not true. And it could actually be true, but people will take your word for it. <laughs> okay, I'm kidding, folks. Just go on iTunes, give us a rating, and uh, give us a review. And uh, you know, we, we appreciate constructive criticism, and, and we, we <laughs> oh, love God. praise. So. Yeah, just get you know, get a chance, get on there. You know, we, we we've uh, we're suckers for that. We we want to know what we need to, to to work on, and and we would love to hear what it is that you guys like. So more, more groupies, get a chance, get on there. That's what we need. We need more groupies. We, do we have any? I don't think we have no, any. No, we, we uh, need to get eventually. some. That that's the issue here. I think. Well, that's the as long as you keep. Well, as long as you don't sing. I stop think it! Change. Stop it! I will impress you one day. All right, Davis. I am. Uh, I need to get going. You need to get going. We need to uh, we need to close out the show. Once again, man, have a great weekend. All right, man.
Everyone, thank you so much for listening. This is the SBI Show.